all of us know what we have been sharing on, the thing that was laid upon my heart right at the beginning, and that is the faith that has been delivered unto us. And it is the series that we're going to go on for some time. There is something about our faith as we have been sharing, which is, most, which is if anything, of paramount importance in your life and in my life. Remember always, as he says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. That's why faith is paramount. Regardless of how religious we may be, our faith in God is of paramount importance. And that's why he says, Jesus Christ, as we have been having that main text, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Remember your faith. And as Jude encouraged us, let us contend for this faith that was once for all delivered unto the saints. And remember what we say. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Your faith, my faith in Jesus, is what will make you an overcomer for the glory of God. And today, we enter into another aspect of a declaration that Jesus declares. And why I'm saying, looking unto Jesus, we are still on that particular part. We shall move on from there, but we still maintain our eyes on this particular aspect. Why look on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith? And today we go to John chapter 6 and verse 35. There is another aspect that I want us to look. We have looked on what he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. We have looked on, I am the light of the world. And today we come to the, to the, four, fifth, to the fifth aspect that he is declaring about himself. And in John chapter 6 verse 35, Jesus and Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. What does he mean, I am the bread of life? And what does he imply that when we come to him, we shall not hunger and we shall not thirst? And why does the writer of Hebrew write unto us and tell us, look unto him, Jesus, for he is the author and the finisher of our faith. He, in essence, it is implied that that particular faith that is the author of will bring the life-sustaining substance in you and in me and make us to be able to stand firm and to grow bold and to grow stronger as we walk in the grace of God. Remember, bread is a staple food. Everybody across the world, if there's anything that is worked on so much across the whole world, is bread. It is loved by almost in every household. You are unlikely you will miss bread here or there. It is an essential of, of, for life. Bread is an essential for life. And Jesus here, in this particular scripture, he equates himself to bread. Basically, he is implying 
I am the essential for life. Basically, that's what he's, he's telling us. Because bread is an essential for life. So Jesus is declaring here, when he says, I am the bread. In fact, he doesn't even say, I am a bread of life. No, 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 no. He symbols himself out and he says, I am the, the one and only bread of life. And he says, if you don't come to me, you will hunger forevermore. But he says, if you come to me, your hunger will be sorted once and for all. And not only is your hunger sorted, he says, so also your thirst is sorted when you believe, when you believe on him. The Lord seeks to draw our eyes from the physical realm, from the material things and the things that occupy us so many times. He wants, he's trying to draw you and me to lift them up unto the spiritual things which he has prepared and ordained for you and me. Remember when he says these words, it is after he has encountered the Jews, given he had again fed the 5,000 with bread and fish, and they were looking for him at this particular time. So when they found him, and he told them, you are only seeking for me because you, uh, you, you ate and you were satisfied. That's why you are looking after me. And he answers them and he tells them one thing in John chapter 6 verse 27 to 30. He says, do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Father, uh, uh, which the Son of Man will give you because God the Father has set his seal on him. Then he said, they said to him, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. Jesus answers them as, you know, when they are discussing about the issue of bread, they were so excited about their stomachs were full. And they can remember the test of that particular bread the, pre the previous day. But he tells them that God for you know the work of God, the desire of God, the most important thing in, in, in life is this one thing: believe on Him whom He has sent. What He has said. What is He saying? To believe on Him whom He has sent. He's essentially saying, entrust yourself or myself, entrust yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ. Give Him the controls so that He's the determining factor in your life and in my life. That, you know, heed and follow his instructions. Believe him. In other words, Hebrews comes and tells us, look, look, look unto Jesus. Look unto him. Follow him only. Let your gaze, your eyes ever be on him. Remember one thing. Do you know why a child usually gets up and starts walking? A little baby will, will sit, scroll, and finally start walking. For one reason I believe is, he sees the, the mother and the father walking. It is because it keeps on looking, it realizes, oh, I can stand and I can walk. If a human being is placed among, amongst baboons or, or the gorillas, he will never walk. You'll be surprised. 
he will always be on his four because he sees that the only way of movement is always on the four. And he will be very fast. Some of you have seen that particular movie of Tarzan. You know, the, the guy will be running up and down on his particular on his particular four because that's all he knows. We get influence always by what we guess on. And so the Hebrew writer tells us, look, look, look unto Jesus. Because as we keep our eyes on him, we shall finally find it easy to follow him and to follow his instructions in the name of Jesus Christ. And that's the reason why Jesus comes and he says, as we said last time, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And remember, Jesus is the word that comes from the mouth of God. Meaning, you and I who can only live by that, that particular word, we can only live by Jesus because he proceeds from the mouth of God. We will survive if our eyes keep looking on this one who is the bread of life. Now, remember, as we come into the crust of the matter, Romans 10, 17 tells us, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Meaning, faith comes by hearing, and hearing that which proceeds out of the mouth of God. What proceeds out of the mouth of God is only one, his word. And what is his word? Jesus. And so he says that faith comes by hearing, and hearing Jesus. And you hear him as you look at him. Many times you'll find, if you want to be able to grasp what somebody is saying most, most of the time, if you are looking at him, you'll be able to get everything. Like now with my mask on, maybe my accent might, might flip some people. So they, they might not get what I say. But if I didn't have the mask, they might look at how the, the mouth went. They, they, they will be able to get the word, oh, yeah, I think he said this or he said that. So essentially, that is one of the importances of looking on the Lord Jesus Christ. You grasp and you get what it is that he is doing. Now, just as bread is to the physical body, so we realize that the, the, the over, we can see the overall importance of faith in our lives. Remember in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, he says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. That is how important faith is for you and for me. If we are going to survive in our walk and in our battle, and in our advance towards heaven. Remember he says, that way the gate is narrow and the way is difficult. Meaning, it's only when your faith is, you know, it is, it is, it is tough. You are not going to be swayed this way, no. Regardless of how narrow that gate is, I'm getting through. Regardless of how difficult this particular path is, I am walking it. Regardless of what they say left, center, and right, I don't care. I am walking this path until I can pass through that narrow gate. That is the, how important faith is. And Paul tells us we walk by faith and not by sight. What is that telling us? Faith is basically an instinctive part of our makeup. That is what, how God has made us. It is an instinctive part of our makeup. And it is essential for our survival. Without faith, I can tell you something, we will not survive. And there's something that we know in life. Every human being longs to be loved. 
Every human being longs to be accepted. Every human being longs to be appreciated. Each person desires to be recognized. Every one of us, we desire to have freedom. And each one of us desires to have a voice. Each one of these particular things, we are able to attain them if you've got faith. Faith is what enables you to rise up out of the ground of the masses. When everybody has been saying that you can't make it, you are able to rise up out of those particular, you know, out of that ground like the seed that is planted under the earth. It finally manages to stretch itself and it pushes out of the opposition of the ground and it heads towards the light. That's what the Lord is looking for each and every one of us. And these things, love, acceptance, appreciation, recognition, you know, the issue of freedom and the issue of having a voice, they are the food of our spirit. A spirit of man and a woman needs but these particular things to be able to survive. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ brings about this particular satisfaction in our lives. So without these things, our lives become shriveled. And we become stunted in our souls. We are not able to grow the way God has desired us to grow. We, we know generally we become impoverished personally. Each one of us will be impoverished in one way or another because of lack of faith operating in our lives. We shall also find emotionally we are shriveled. We don't respond to things the way they are supposed to be responded to. Because we have shrunk and we have you know, gone, gone weak in our emotions. Simply because our faith is not being fed the way it is supposed to be fed. We are looking on things that are not feeding us and making us to be able to be strong in our walking with the Lord Jesus. He says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will not hunger. Whoever comes to me, love, appreciation, again, acceptance, freedom, and having a voice will not be an issue. It does not matter what your culture says about women or about men. It will be immaterial because as you feed on Jesus, a life bursts on the inside of you, nobody will put you down. Praise God. You remember Mary Magdalene? That woman was bold in the midst of the Jews, and now Jews are rough and tough. You know, with their beards and what have you. She will penetrate through amongst all the men when they are all seated. She will go sit at the feet of Jesus. And then I'll tell you, tough. Say what you want to say. I don't care. This is the one that I'm looking for. And I'm going to be by his feet. That is faith. That pierces through every particular opposition. And it is found in looking at the Lord Jesus. It is the food that the part of the bread that he's giving unto us. So... Three aspects that I will just touch very briefly and we will be through. Jesus says, I am. Realize the I am is just not saying I am and moving on. It is an I am. It's like an I am that is static. It's an I am that says, I am. That is who God is also declaring, just like God spoke to Moses and told him, I am has sent you. And so he declares in this place, I am the bread of life. What is he saying? I am the all-sufficient one. And look unto me, as Hebrews has told me, has told us. He said, as we, he said, I am the bread of life. That is what he's saying to me and unto you. He says, 
even I want you to realize, even in the wilderness, Jesus knew that he was the bread, or he is the bread of life. Why do I say that? The reason is when Satan came to him, many times we think in terms of Satan wanted to tempt Jesus so that he could be able to reveal his deity. That is true. But as I was looking at this scripture, something flipped in my spirit and said, hold on. Satan realized this is the bread of life. And he wanted Jesus to abandon or to deny his true self. That he is the bread of life. Instead, to assign who he is supposed to be to a stone that had no life. Satan's desire was that Jesus would disregard who he really was. And instead, identify something else as the sustainer of life. While Jesus is the sustainer of life. And so what does Jesus answer him? He tells Satan right on the face, Man! lives by every word that proceeds from God's mouth. Basically, he's telling him, I am the every word by which man lives, not by the bread you are talking about, not by the bread you are talking about. And that's why he's calling us unto this particular one thing. He's telling the devil, I am not like a stone that cannot give life. I am the bread of life. So I don't need to turn stones into bread. And I want us to lift up our eyes and to look unto him. This is the same trick the devil tries on you and on me every now and then. To abandon whom God has called us to be. And we end up finding ourselves in situations or places where we were not intended to be because we listened to his voice. I want you to remember one thing. Adam forsook the joy of living by revelation. God was living with Adam in the Garden of Eden, and Adam lived by revelation. Realize, think about it. The guy, when God told him, you know, name all this particular, if anything I bring before you, give it a name, give it a name, give it a name. And the names were just popping up. You know, I, I, when the elephant came, elephant, lion, leopard, grass, you know, tree, orange, or, you know, apple. You know, everything, you know, the guy, things were popping up within. He didn't have to think. He was simply mentioning every aspect as it came. That is the joy and the wonder of living by revelation. But my people perish for lack of revelation. That's what the scripture says. Adam opted for the physical fruit of knowledge of good and evil. That is the saddest thing of all, and we do that all the time. He plunged you and me and the human race into darkness, into emptiness, into dissatisfaction, and into vanity. Because he chose not to live by revelation. My brother, my sister, I am the bread of life, says Jesus. Look unto me. Lift up your eyes and stop looking left center. Don't look to man. Don't look to woman. Don't look to anything. Fix your eyes. Lift them up and look on that one who is not seen. He is not visible with a physical eye, but we can see him with our spiritual eye. Call out unto him. Think about him. Contemplate on him. You know, let him be the center of your life. It will change your life. The Bible says the steps of the righteous person are ordered by the Lord. It is because his eyes are looked unto him. So he tells us, look unto Jesus. 
And you and I will find the faith, as we have said before, of who you are, of your purpose, of your mission, and of the path you have to walk. Many of us, we walk the paths of other people because we are not looking on Jesus. We are looking on man to determine what we are going to do. And hence, we don't accomplish anything that God has called us to accomplish. But this is what the Lord is calling you to. That, you know, you will not abandon you. You will not abandon you. You will not abandon me. And waste your time pursuing what you are not. Just like Jesus told the devil, you know, that it is written, man shall live by bread alone. And he said, I am the bread. I don't have to turn this stuff. I am the very bread. I am the very essential of life. And so why should I waste time on the stone? You will find the satisfaction in who you are in him that is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because what the word of God says, look at Colossians. I'll just read the scripture. Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 to 17. He is the image of the invisible God, that is Jesus, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven, that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or powers. Things, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. They see something about looking at him. It will influence your decisions. It will influence even all your, the way you order your, your life in your family. It will influence every aspect. Of, for some strange reason, he releases wisdom and insight into you because he is our wisdom. That's what the Bible says. Jesus is our wisdom. So as you look unto him, that wisdom starts to penetrate your whole being. You will make the right decisions. You will choose the right path. When you find a, a, a road that is splitting, you will automatically choose the right path. You will not, I'm sorry about that. You will not have to waste your time, you know, thinking which road am I going to choose. But simply because you look unto him, you will discover you choose the right path automatically. You will not mourn over many issues that we mourn over even in our daily life. You are, you are confident in this one thing. He who has promised he is faithful. If he could change the Gadarene demoniac and put him onto the path of being an evangelist, surely he will change the situation in my family and he will put it on the right track to bring glory unto his holy name. If at all he could change the woman who was with having the issue of blood for 12 whole years, he can also satisfy that particular hole that has been draining all our finances on everything in our family. He will, see, he will stop it and there will be wholeness once again in my life and in my family, in the life of my, of my son, my daughter, my husband, my wife, in the name of Jesus Christ for the glory of God. If at all he could raise the young child from the dead, surely he has not changed. He is the bread of life. Realize the devastation that Jairus was experiencing at that particular time. Totally devastated that they told him, why do you disturb the teacher anymore? He looks at Jairus and he tells him, calm down, calm down. Have faith. Praise God. He is the faith giver. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're experiencing. But Jesus doesn't care concerning what you're experiencing. He cares about you. And he wants you to look to him. And as you look to him, 
he will sort out that particular issue in the name of Jesus. Hear what he, how he finishes this. Colossians chapter 2, verse 8 to 10. He says, Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men and according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. There is something about looking unto Jesus which our current, our normal world system and our reasoning in our our day-to-day living, it does not line up with the issue of trusting Jesus or looking unto Jesus. You look crazy and stupid, but he says, Beware, lest anyone deceive you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. Verse 9, that's chapter 2 verse, uh, of Colossians, chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. Verse 9 says, For in him, that is in Jesus Christ, dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you and I are complete in him. Praise God. Your completeness my completeness is in Jesus Christ. There is something about you which you don't know. But as you look at him, you will discover, hold on. I've never seen Karen looks like that. And suddenly, the more you look, everybody will say, Karen, stop saying that. Stop going that way. But you are looking. I know what I am seeing. And as you look and as you go towards it, your life is transformed over and over again. I told you the child suddenly rises up from the, from the, from the knees and he finds himself. And because the mother is or the father is there, say, come, 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 come. Suddenly, the child starts taking the first step and the next one and the next. In no time, ah, the galilo thing is so happy. He's just running up and now you have to take care of your tables. Anything on the table, he, will, he or she will pull down the tablecloth and make sure everything comes down. That is how children, that's how we are. And so I encourage you. I am the bread of life, says Jesus. Look unto me, praise God, and you will find fulfillment in Jesus' name. Just for the next, for the, give me another three minutes. Let me finish this second part. The other part we shall finish it. We shall finish it another time. And he says, come to me, you am the bread of life. He says, he who comes to me will not hunger. He who believes in me will never thirst. So we've said he is the satisfier. He will satisfy you. He will satisfy me. I don't know what you may be experiencing, but he is able to satisfy. Secondly, he says he's the thirst quencher. And there's something about Jesus that is able to quench the thirst in our lives. What is thirst? To thirst is, thirst is to crave, crave for something. I don't know what you crave for in your life. Each one of us have got maybe things that we crave for. To thirst is to covet, to covet for something, to strongly desire something. To thirst is to wish I had that or I had that. To thirst is to yearn. You keep on yearning that I would like to have that. To thirst is to lust for. You lust for. To thirst is to have your heart set on. You are looking for something. Now, if uh, in a generally in life, when you look at something long enough, it influences you. We've said the ego. The ego, when it is with a chick, if it is brought up with chicken, it will never fly. It will always go and you know, scratching in the dust, 
soil in the dust to get worms and water view to be able to eat. But if the ego manages to be brought up by the ego mother, it will never be a chick down there. It will always rule the skies up there or further away because that's the way it was created. In, 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 in life, what we look on influences us. If a man looks on a woman long enough, he will get attracted to that woman. If a woman looks to a man too long enough, and it doesn't matter somehow, the, the, you know, her psychological makeup of nature, the, she will end up getting attracted to that particular man. Some people may think, how can you be attracted to such an ugly man? Or how can you be attracted to such an ugly woman? It makes no difference. There's something in our nature that you get attracted to what you keep on looking at long enough. Look at the Lord Jesus Christ, my brother and my sister. You will get engrossed into him. He will you fall in love. You'll fall in love with him. He will satisfy every thought. So gazing on Jesus, contemplating him, calling out his name, speaking of him, and also talking to him, you know, it removes those destructive desires and senses that we keep on having in our spirits and in our minds. I want you to remember the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. Remember what had happened. She had had five husbands, not yet satisfied. In fact, now she was on the sixth round. She was on the sixth husband, the sixth man, when she met, when she met Jesus Christ. And what happens? Jesus comes and he says, if you drink the water that I give, if you look on me, this thirst will be no more. And you know what? She looked on Jesus. Do you know what happened that day? That sixth man who was staying in her house was kicked out because he was another man's wife. She went home telling him, listen, who brought you here? Get gone. And, you know, she kicked him out. The love that she had for him was gone. Why? She had met the one and only, the bread of life, that quenches our thirst. When we look long enough on him, my brother, my sister, look on this Jesus. Let us fall in love with this Jesus. No man will satisfy or quench your thirst. No woman will satisfy or quench your thirst. There is no achievement that will satisfy or quench your thirst. And there is no association that will satisfy and quench your thirst. Our eyes and minds will deceive us that this one or that one is the real thing or is the answer. But I tell you, they are only illusions. Only Jesus is the answer. Least of all, Adam and Eve saw the fruit. It was beautiful to the eyes. And it was good for food. That's what the scripture says. It is so interesting. How scripture puts it is so funny. That you know, that Adam saw and Eve, they saw that the fruit was beautiful to the eye. And it was good for food. But the end of it, it brought death. Do not let the worldly stuff move you or move your eyes from Jesus, my brother and my sister. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He will fire up that particular faith for eternal values and eternal goals in you. This faith will bring rest to your anxieties. It will bring rest to your restless soul. This faith as you look unto Jesus, it will quench your thirst. It will quench my thirst. 
He says the final scripture that we read, over the two final scriptures, he says in Isaiah 26 verse 3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. He will quench the thirst in our lives because our eyes, our minds are fixed on him. Even if I don't understand him, even I don't know what to think about him, I'm still calling Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, in that difficult situation, I will not go crying and say, no, what am I going to do in this particular situation? And no bother. Worrying and crying will not sort it out. Our complainings don't move God at all. Let me tell you something. It is your faith and my faith that will move God to do whatever it is. That's why Jesus says, according to your faith, let it be done unto you. And least of all, he says, peace I live with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let your heart not be troubled. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.